This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Colorado Hunting Hub Podcast, where we cover hunting in the West, but mostly hunting in the destination state of Colorado. You'll find information that will help you plan, prepare, and motivate you for your hunt, but also keep you updated on happenings in the Western hunting world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. Had an awesome weekend at Total Archery Challenge. Uh, never done that before, but it was sweet. Uh, total unrealistic shots. Shot a board at 120 yards. It that's just fun. There's no way you would ever convince me to take a shot like that, but it was pretty cool just to to have some of those really challenging shots. And the first one out the gate on the knock on course was a whitetail out in a clearing that you're squeezing it through some trees at like 84 yards. There's no way I would have taken that shot unless I was carrying a rifle but was able to have a great time, had a great group of guys. We had a good time, uh, and, uh, it was good, good team building, good time with some, some guys and hanging out and having a good time. So if you get a chance, go check those out. I'm looking forward to alpha going on this weekend. So if you're in the Denver area or not, there's guys that come all over for that. Uh, go check that out. I'll be there doing that on Friday, Saturday, Sunday which is July 17, 18, 19, 19. So I'll be there and doing that. It'll be a good time. Got the trail camera scouting done and got an episode recorded with that. A little follow-up on some of our giveaways. Congratulations to Michael K. He won the Exo Mountain Gear Pack. I got to reach out to him. I know Exo did, but I want to hear from him what he chose. Hopefully we can get a picture of him and his pack. Uh, congratulations to Hans and your new pair of Vortex Diamondbacks. Hope you enjoy those. And we're also continuing on with our uh, Onyx membership giveaway. So check those out. One thing I neglect to do frequently in my podcast episodes is kind of let you know how you can help me. First off, if you could give me a good rating, preferably just a five stars on whatever you listen to and click subscribe, that would really help. So some of those things doesn't take you anything, but just a real click, quick click on the five stars. That'd be really helpful. And then also get in contact with me. Give me some input or things you want to hear. I'm getting a lot of those. So thanks. Uh, thanks Paul, uh, for the idea about Hunter etiquette. We're going to do, I'm just gathering some information cause I don't want to do this all on my own. My uh, idea of Hunter etiquette etiquette is one thing and someone one else's is, is another. So Paul gave me a couple of good ideas and I'll gather 
gather some some more and we'll do a good episode on that and uh, ryan's from point west ryan from points west outdoors is always good with sending me some stuff and sure developed a couple of other good relationships with some of you guys out there that are listening and reaching out with with some comments and kind of we've had some conversations and, and done some really cool things just through email so i appreciate that i did see carp 92 and steve 998629 uh, he left me a apple podcast review so i appreciate that very much and getting a few comments on uh, youtube as well thanks for that guys as always thanks to i hunt colorado facebook page on x for doing our giveaway and the link for that's in the show notes to sign up for an on x membership almost done sorry we'll get to this episode in a minute but my antler buying is helping support this thing i need to probably get another mic so i can get more guests in person i need to get a little bit more equipment so uh sell me some antlers and that'll help me buy me some equipment or just send me a mic i don't know whatever uh that'd be real nice also uh branded bills is a hat and apparel company they are working with us and giving us a 20% discount. Use the code HuntingHub20. And you can get Colorado apparel, South Dakota apparel, South Carolina apparel, wherever. They've got all 50 states on there. You can go pick out a hat and make that purchase. They're pretty sweet stuff. I got mine right here on the desk that uh, uh, Ryan from Points West sent me. I've got a little lamp on the on the front. Been wearing that just about every day. Also, don't forget Wilderness Athlete, 25% off coupon code HUNTINGHUB. I relied on that in the last few days with doing 11 miles and then doing a pack race at uh, doing the Kefaru Mountain Mile at Total Archery Challenge and then doing that all day long. Uh, I kind of relied on that and it was a good thing. So in this episode, we have Onyx again. And we, we brought Dylan back to do us do a rundown of the entire app and to help us learn some of those features that are maybe not as common. Some things that uh, are good to point out. There's always features on there I forget about. So it's good to, to see those features and really learn how to use that app. So we actually had some technical difficulties. There's a little piece we did. Uh, last week and we'll we're catching up with the map layers here today so if you got questions uh we can uh, more onyx questions just shoot them to me and i'll get them to dylan or or get, reach out to onyx personally and they will gladly help you out so appreciate your listen and enjoy this about onyx Hey Dylan, welcome back to uh, the podcast. Wanted to bring you back this round to give us a more in-depth rundown of Onyx. And as we we're just just saying, is a lot of people know what it is. A lot of people use it. They understand. Hey, cool! I can see my property. I can see a neighbor's property. I can see where public land is. And if you haven't listened to previous podcast. Uh, where we kind of introduced the app. It's, it's a quite a few episodes back, but it's there. And there's a lot of people that don't really know the cool features. Like I use a bunch of the map tools a bunch. I even use the tracker just for my workout the other day, just for running. Uh, in Colorado, you almost have to be living under a rock to not know what Onyx is. But we have a lot of listeners that are, that are elsewhere. And... Uh, it's uh, my buddies back home in South Dakota. It's not as popular. Uh, they don't, they don't, uh, know about it as much because, and it's pro- primarily because of, uh, I think lack of some of the public land. Uh, so you absolutely have to have this tool in the West. So anyway, uh, I wanted to bring you on to get us into this and dive into it. And if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself again, and, uh, let's dive into some of the features. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on again. Um, it's always good to catch up and then talk about new features. I mean, like you said there, not only is, you know, not only do some people not know what Onyx is, but even the ones who do, we're constantly working on new features, constantly rolling out new things. So 
it's always good to catch up, especially before season. But um, yeah, so as you said there, Clint, my name's Dylan, uh, Dylan Dowson, and I've been working with Onyx for roughly about five years now, just just under five years. Um, I actually started out in customer service with Onyx, and then the past three plus years or so, um, I've been on the marketing side of things. So I work a lot with like our social media, our influencers, our different ambassadors, um, go to the trade shows. For, so for anybody here who's who's listening that's been at the trade shows and talked to people, more than likely I've been there, talked with you. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit what I do at Onyx. But I know the last time, like you said, we we kind of introduced it, but I'll kind of I'll re reintroduce it for anybody listening now who's not familiar. Um, essentially, Onyx started as a company that produced micro SD chips that you plug into a like a Garmin GPS unit, for example. So you could plug in that chip for your state, and instead of it just showing you um, a pretty basic topo map, it then overlaid information such as private land boundaries, public land. Um, it included the includes the private landowner's name. Um, and then also what type of public land. So it'll say if it's BLM, forest, state, et cetera, um, as well as a ton of other information. So hunting game management units, um, a lot more detailed top, topographic map, et cetera. And that's kind of how Onyx started was with those chips. And then as technology evolved and everybody walks around with a smartphone in their hands these days, um, we transitioned more into the app side of things. So that allowed us to add a ton more data. Um, so there's a lot more information in the app than there was in the chip version. And like I said, everybody's everybody's got one nowadays. Um, so really with the app, not only do you get the private public land boundaries, um, the hunting GMUs, the, the topography, but now you also get aerial imagery quality maps um, where you can toggle back and forth between that and topo as well as a lot more hunt specific data. So we've got um, all the data from previous historic wildfires, for example. So if you turn that layer on within the app, it'll show you where those wildfires were, what year, the parameters, et cetera. So the list goes on and on with that type of data. We've got roadless areas where it highlights um, areas without roads. So if you're a backpack hiker, hunter, and you want to get out there and get away from roads and trails, you know, you can turn that on to see areas that are are distant from roads. Um, current wildfire, we've got timber cuts, we've got CWD information um, in the layer. So there's just a, a ton of data that I'm sure we'll dive into more in depth here. But basically, it turns your phone into a handheld GPS unit. So I opened up the app and I've got my property here. Uh, just can we start here? Just kind of what's what's on the main without even yeah. diving into some of the the options. What's what's all here on the front? So when you're looking at it, you know you've got your your property. It'll show you the boundaries and then the ownership. And one one thing you can do um, is you can tap on that property, and more information will will populate depending on which layers that you have turned on there. Um, so if you tap on the map, you can pull up more information and then you can see the ownership, the tax address and any other data pertaining to where you touched there. Uh, okay. So seeing that, and then I got a couple of buttons on the lower right here. Can we chat about what those are? We got hybrid topo satellite and then a little tool I love to use when I'm like crap, which way is North. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it looks like we got a little weather there as well, which I yeah, think I, absolutely that escapes me. I would I would say for anybody listening who doesn't have the app, um, if you want to, it'd be a good to to pause it, download the app real quick, and then start a free trial and hop in. Because yeah, walking through this will be extremely beneficial if you're looking at the app while doing so. Um, so yeah, the the top one in the bottom right hand corner of the app. Um, it'll either say hybrid topo or satellite, like you said there, and that's just showing the base map. So I'm on satellite right now, for example, and I'm getting satellite imagery similar to what you would find on say Google earth or something like that. Um, and then if I tap it again, I switch to a hybrid 
what that does is it shows me that satellite imagery, but it also overlays topographic um, information on top of it pretty faintly. So you can still see the, uh, the aerial imagery. And then if you tap it again, it goes straight to topo, removes the aerial imagery just so you can read a topo map there. Um, so those are the, the three basic options that we offer as far as, you know, the map underneath all of the data that you can, can put on top of it. Um, the next one right below that, it's got like a little, uh, circle with a dot in the middle. Um, so if you tap that, no matter where you're at on the map, if you're say, if I'm in Montana and I scroll my map over to Colorado to do some scouting, if I want to go back to where my GPS location is, I just tap that button and it'll take me right back to my GPS location. And then if I tap it again, it will turn it into what we call compass mode. And that basically, instead of orienting the map north up, it orients the map in, in a direction that, so if I'm turning, you know, if I'm facing north, the map will appear north up. But then if I turn and face south, the map will will show like I'm facing south. So that one's nice um, for like if you're hiking and you want to see what's out ahead of you, etc. Um, I personally don't use that one a ton. I, I kind of just have been used to keeping my map north up, but a lot of folks do use that for, for orientation. Um, and then the next one right below that button is the weather, like you said there. So it'll either show you uh, a temperature, a wind speed, or just have a little weather icon. And so if you tap that, more information will come up and you can actually select different weather stations, but it will auto default to the weather station that's closest to your GPS location. So if I tap that and pull it up, it'll show me lots of different things. It'll show you, um, you know, current weather, obviously, uh, current wind, barometric pressure, It'll also show you sunrise and sunset. So that's extremely helpful for like out here in Montana, we can shoot legally. We can shoot from half an hour before sunset and half an hour after um, or before half an hour before sunrise, half an hour after sunset. So you can find those those times in there as well as like an extended uh, forecast. You can also toggle over to the wind, get a lot more in-depth uh wind information there or you can just turn it off i uh forgot all about that and now i'm gonna make sure i use that and sadly during tack on saturday it's gonna be 101 <laughs> that's Ooh. that sucks that's gonna be a, you're gonna you're gonna want to put some sunscreen on and don't do what i did last weekend and pay the price the week after <laughs> yeah i'm i'm thankful though it'll be it's about an hour from my house, so it'll be just uh, another thousand feet in elevation. So and in the aspen, so it'll be helpful instead of in the middle of the sage pinion juniper stuff, which yeah, freaking hot. So and then uh, I I often use the the scale there just for paying attention. Like if I needed a real quick reference of how far that ridge is away. There's that scale, and then I'm always curious what elevation there is as well. Um, but also, I use that that uh, we have to do a lot of kind of reporting in Colorado for where you shot a bear, where you trapped a bobcat, where you shot a mountain goat, whatever it is, and that's been helpful because nobody knows the township and any of that information. Yeah. So this has been helpful to just leave a waypoint, and there's a there's a latitude longitude or I can see the latitude longitude from a house right now. So that's kind of cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same here in Montana with, uh, you know, spring bear season. We just wrapped up a little while ago. And when you go into it to report that, they do. They ask you township section range, which drainage, you know, 
uh, latitude longitude. So it's super handy just to pull up every time I call them or go in and report, you know, a bear harvest, I've just got all that information. Um, where without this, that would be tough. <laughs> yeah. So can we dive into layers and specifically, uh, maybe some of Colorado's layers a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to throw on some Colorado layers just so I can, um, be looking at what you are on my end right now, you know, on X is out of Montana. So right now I've got Montana loaded up. And the nice thing about Montana is, uh, we've got a lot of opportunities. So rarely do I find myself wandering out of state, but, um, looking forward to maybe next year with Colorado. We'll see. And we're back with Dylan. We had a little technical issue. We're back four days later, but no big deal. And trying to figure out uh, some more things on, on Onyx. And we uh, stopped at the layers. So Dylan, can you kind of walk through some of the layers for Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. So basically each state is going to be a little bit different how it's composed of the layers. And I'll get into that here in a second. But um, I know last time we spoke before we, we lost connectivity, we were kind of just going around the app so the the layers is in the bottom left hand corner of the app if you're if you're looking at it while listening here um so you tap on map layers and typically when you first download the app it'll ask you what state to get a trial going and you know if you choose colorado if you're um plan on hunting colorado or if you're a resident in colorado that should be loaded up but then you can also add more different states, especially if you have the elite, the all 50 state membership. I'll get into that in a second. But um, so just kind of diving into Colorado, first and foremost, go to map layers in the bottom left. Colorado should be up at the top or whatever your state is. Um, so for Colorado, the, the three basic ones, and really there's four, if not five for each state would be the private lands. So I've got Colorado pri private lands. I've got Colorado government lands and Colorado GMUs. So those are the game management units there. Um, those are going to be pretty much for, for all the states. So whether you've got Montana, Colorado, et cetera, you should see those. And basically what that is, is it'll show you the private lands. So I know we talked about it briefly in the beginning, but it'll show you um, not only the boundaries, but it'll show you the names and acreage, so on and so forth. And then the government lands will obviously give you you know, if it's state, uh, BLM, forest, et cetera, the GMUs. So I guess I'll ask you in Colorado, um, I don't have any knowledge of, of hunting Colorado myself. Is there different game management units for different species in Colorado? Um, yes and no, mainly the, uh, deer, elk, bear, antelope, are all under those. And then when you get to the sheep and the goat units, they differ. So, so in, and it's just a little, another quick little background thing is uh, with CPW, the biologists work through, uh, shoot, data, data analysis units, DAU. So that's kind of their little regions. And then uh, hunters go off of uh, the, the tags are allocated through the GMU's game management units. So it's just a gotcha. little piece there, but yeah, if, if, uh, the one thing that doesn't show up on here really is sheep and goat units, but it's. Gotcha. So I actually, I asked you that as I was pulling it up here in the app and I kind of solved my own uh, question. So anytime, so Montana, for example, we have different, uh, game management units for, quite a few different things. So we've got bear units, we've got sheep, goat, moose, um, you know, even bison units, but we, our main ones are deer, elk, lion. Um, but how you find those is you go to layer settings. So for Colorado, you tap on layer settings and here I see big game management units. And then I also do see an option for bighorn sheep or mountain goat there. So if you were in oh. Colorado and you wanted to see the bighorn sheep, um, you just go to layer settings change sublayer, bighorn sheep, and then those will populate right there. So each state is a little bit different. Some some states have, you know, just a generic set of GMUs. Some have different for almost every species. So um, that's just kind of a, a a little piece of information that a lot of people don't utilize on X to its fullest is sometimes those, if you tap on layer settings, it does have more layers within that. And where 
I, I'm looking at that right now too. Where's layer settings? So if you go to uh, map layers under Colorado, where it says Colorado GMUs, you can either turn that on and off right there, but then also where it says layer settings, if you tap that guy. Oh, shoot. That is awesome. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, my, my point exactly. You know, there's there's so much data that sometimes it's hard to, you know, well, is this person a elk hunter strictly or, you know, so on and so forth. So for, for uh, layers that have more in-depth changes, if you will, um, if you go to that layer settings there, you can toggle the different ones there. That is huge. I I will use that for sure. I had no idea that was yeah. there. Yeah, and so that that one does get often overlooked. Um, and then so kind of moving on, those are the three three uh, basic ones. You can turn them on and off right there. Um, Colorado possible access. The other thing with that layer settings too is if you're ever unsure what a layer is, if you tap that layer settings, we have a a brief description right there on that specific layer. So if you're unfamiliar with what Colorado possible access is, go ahead, tap layer settings, and then it'll pop up. Onyx has mapped 89,000 acres of possible access lands in Colorado. Could include um, timber companies, land conservation groups, et cetera. So I know up here in Montana, we have um, a lot of like warehouser and timber company land where they're technically privately owned, but just giant expanses of land that um, those, those, corporations that own them a lot of the times do allow hunting and recreating so it just opens up a lot of opportunity there so is that how's that showing up on there so it looks like it's is it like the green squares grid or is it yeah like so it'll dot? be green hatch or or a green dotted um and so if you turn that on and and scroll scroll around you should be able to find some i know like i said here in montana it's it's pretty common. Um, I'm not sure down there, but if you turn that on, what you're looking for is like a green dotted or hatched overlay. And then again, I think we, we talked on this last time we spoke before we got cut off, but um, if you're ever unsure, so if you see that overlay and you you want to know, you know, who owns it so you can look into to making sure that it's um, accessible. If you just tap on the map, um, more information about that location will come up. So if you can, Tap on the map there when you find it, you can drag that up and you'll see a lot of information like what district you're in, um, a lot of different links to FWP's website, how many acres that parcel is, and then owner. So I'm looking at one now that says, um, let's see, I'm 15,376 acres for this one and it's Warehouser Timber Company. And so if I tap it, then that information will pull up there. Huh. Well... Uh, that's interesting. I'll have to scroll around. I don't know how yeah. popular that is either. Yeah, in Montana, it really is. Um, and and you know, it's not a guarantee. Just because you see that layer, you you definitely need to do some due diligence and and look into it. But it's just um, it brings awareness to a lot of acreage that you can potentially hunt. And I mean, I know for us here in Montana, especially spring bear season. You know, we wrapped that up a little while ago, but. Warehouser, those timber company lands are really, I would say, 80 plus percent of what we're hunting because they've been logged in the past and there's some clear cuts. So you can actually glass them, see bears and hunt bears in them. Otherwise, you know, if you've got a a piece of that timber company and then a piece of national forest right next to it, there's a great chance unless it's burned that that national forest is just super thick. So um, a lot of the times we're specifically scouting and going to areas of you know, those timber company lands that we use, uh, that layer to find. Yeah. Um, And kind of along the same lines. So the next one, Colorado walk-in access, um, you know, up here we call it block management and essentially it's private land that they have, uh, been enrolled in this program to allow public to come hunt. So whether, whether you just sign in on a box here in Montana and you're able to go, or if you have to get a hold of them ahead of time, and ask for permission. Um, it's just a program that opens up more acreage of, of private land to public access. Hmm. And then the last one for Colorado that we have, and this is again, you know, we don't have this one for all states, but Colorado, we have data for Colorado species activity and you turn that on. But if you go into layer settings, there's a lot of sub layers here. So 
basically this is showing generalized migration routes in species data. Um, so you can choose uh, white-tailed deer, elk, bighorn sheep, black bear, moose, goat, mule deer, pronghorned, or turkey. And so that's just data that you guys in Colorado must have on hand that we were able to uh, to get and put in. So Montana, for example, doesn't have that same layer. So each state is a little bit subject to change for, for the state-specific layers. Yeah, I started digging into that. And one cool thing I see here is like we have a we do have an over the counter archery uh, antelope option. And it kind of gets into some of those units where you're like, I don't even know where these goats are. But this probably gives me a good start. (laughs) I've been thinking about doing it. So this actually gives me a good start because I don't know. It's just north of me an hour or two. I just don't know, didn't know where to start. So this actually gives me a a good reference here to see where goats have at least been recorded or they, or the, whatever this, however the state does that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, that that's just, you guys must have that data down there in Colorado and then we're able to uh, tap in and, and utilize that. So that's a cool addition you guys have there for that state. Um, so moving forward from there, I mean, you know, you can, it, so you're under my layers is what you'd be looking at. If you're looking at the same thing that we are here, if you tap on layer library, if you've got the elite membership, the all 50 States that were, that's where you can go in and add other States um, as well. And one of the uh, other common misconceptions is you can only have up to five. So we allow you to select five States at a time. And what that does is it makes it so you don't have to, wait for all the layers and all the data to load up. You can have up to five states there, but then say you're not going to be using Colorado, but you want Montana, then you can just replace Colorado for Montana, but you do have access to all 50. Um, and so under under the state-specific layers, we've got two other categories. We've got the hunt layers and trails and rec layers. The hunt layers is where you're going to find precipitation radar, um, highlighted roadless areas, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation layer showing where their um, projects have been, NWTF, wild turkey records layer, timber cuts, active wildfires, historic wildfires, wilderness, and in the sections that we talked about with the township section range. Um, so those are a few under, under the uh, hunt specific layers. Did you want to dive into any of those more specifically, Clint? Um, no, I think, uh, I think we can move on. I was kind of playing around with some, but, uh, just knowing that they're there, it's kind of just, you could think really a lot of people, um, you know, they get stuck using the app for what they're comfortable with and they don't, you know, search around and figure out what other data is available. And that would be the biggest thing, you know, that we hear at trade shows and so on and so forth is customers coming up and like, oh man, this is an amazing tool, but I just wish it did this. And the whole time it did that thing, they just weren't, you know, familiar with it. But knowing those layers are there um, and you can turn that on and off depending on what you want to see or don't want to see at any given time is is the biggest thing for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't do any of this, but I think a good option instead of playing a game on your phone while you're sitting in the middle of the day, ready to take a nap <laughs> while you're hunting, just flip through the layers <laughs> and play around. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And that's the thing I tell people too, is uh, you can't break it. You know, I think some people are afraid to lose, lose their layers or to, to break it. You know, you can turn things on and off. You're not going to break it. If you get stuck, give us a call and we can, you know, our customer service will walk everybody right through it. But um, like you said, I mean, just going going through and reading the layer descriptions and then just touching each button and seeing what it does. Um, I feel like a lot of people would would utilize the app a lot more if that were the case. Yeah, the the next one, I think, is probably one of the most important for us to go through and understanding offline maps. Yeah, uh, for yeah, sure. We'll, we'll jump there. In. Um, first, so the trails and rec layers are underneath that. And what those consist of real quick are um, recreation sites. So that'll highlight, you know, boat launches, campgrounds, um, so on and so forth there. And then the trails. So you've got 
um, public trails. You've got the trail mileages, so it'll intersect a point between like a start of a trail and an intersection and, and give you that mileage distance. And then also trail slope. And what that's going to do is if you turn that on and the, the trail's red, it's going to be steep. Um, if it's green, it's going to be relatively flat right there. So, you know, yellow's in the middle, obviously. So you can just turn that on and kind of take a look and with the trail mileage say, okay, that trail's four and a half miles long. And it looks like for the first mile, you're going to be gaining elevation quite a bit. So um, that trail slope layer just kind of helps folks who, you know, maybe aren't super comfortable or familiar with reading that topographic base map. Um, but it really just gives you like a quick at an eye glance, you know, how how difficult is that um, trail going to be? Uh, yeah, sorry, I was trying to move on, but oh, no, uh, worries. You, no, you you hit someone. So I, I lost track of where you were at for a sec. Um, yeah, I, I missed those too. And not yeah. just the states there, but the trail and wreck, the water, the hunt, and even, uh, we got a prairie dog layer, which it's yep. funny. That's actually, so when Onyx was first founded, um, Eric Siegfried, the founder, he, he started off actually with prairie dog mapping. And so it was, it's kind of just been something that he's wanted to keep going and we actually do have quite a few folks who who use that layer, but basically we had a uh, an intern now a, a full time employee of Onyx spend basically the entire summer on our aerial imagery, zooming in and marking waypoints where where he could see those prairie dog towns on the imagery. And so you know, there's basically a whole summer of zooming in, marking those, and mapping those out internally. So now, if you want to go um, prairie dog hunting in the summer or what I've found personally is, you know, a lot of the farmers and ranchers, prairie dogs are a major problem for them and their cattle. And so it's easy to obtain permission to prairie dog hunt. Obviously, it's great because you get to get out in the summer and and uh, hone your shooting skills and spend the day outside. But also, it just kind of helps build a relationship with those those landowners. And then a lot of the times, you know, if they like you, if, if they uh, realize that you're going to close gates, leave them the way you found, respectful, et cetera, they will allow permission for whether it be deer hunting or anything else. So it's kind of just a, a nice way to get in. Yeah, that's good stuff. But uh, yeah, so moving moving on, we pretty much touched all the map layers on the left. The next thing down in the bottom menu would be the offline maps, as you said there. Um, by far, the biggest misconception with the app is that it doesn't work or it doesn't fully function offline. And when I say offline, I mean, when you don't have cell phone service, um, obviously, you know, most places, especially out in the West, Colorado, Montana, et cetera. I mean, I rarely ever have cell phone service where I'm hunting, especially if I'm elk hunting in the mountains here. Um, it's just not going to happen. And so the offline maps, if you tap that, you'll see a couple different things. You'll see new offline map on the left on the red button and then go offline. So as long as you know generally where you're going to be hunting and you save the maps prior to going out and losing that cell phone service, the the app will work 100% just like it does while you're at your home. So you'll still see all the layers. You can still turn those on and off. You'll still see your uh, blue dot, your GPS location on the map, and everything will function just like you were at home with perfect internet. Um, so to do that, you would go new offline map, and then for right now, we have three different size options. So we've got a five mile, a 10 mile, and then a 150 mile map. Um, so the 150 mile map, obviously, you're you're going to get a ton of area. So I've got the entire state saved with these large size maps. But the downfall to those is when you zoom in real tight, you don't get uh, clean aerial imagery. It's kind of blurry, kind of fuzzy, but you'll still be able to see where you're at. So what I usually do personally is I download at least one 150 mile wide map. That way, no matter where I'm at, I can still see if I'm on private, public, see the roads, etc. And then what I do is I use usually the 10 mile wide one and hone in more specifically where I'll be hunting. That way, when you get within that 10-mile save map, you can zoom in and you can see a lot cleaner, detailed imagery and, and a lot more data. Yeah, the 150, 
mile wide. I mean, that's like half our state. Yeah. <laughs> I almost hit it almost all north and south. Just about. That's a that's a hot tip right there. I had no because yeah. I. You can say as many um, as you want within each other. So I always, you know, like I said, I've got the whole state in 150 saved. That way I always at least have a map. And then I've got probably 30 to 40, maybe 50, 10 and five mile um, map saved within those. Yeah, that makes me want to approach that just a little differently. That's good stuff. Yep. And we will do that. We will have some improvements on this kind of a a sneak peek here um we will have some improvements on this functionality coming here very soon before before this hunting season too so stay tuned for those but basically it'll be uh you know without spilling the beans it'll be um similar to what we just went over but improved and it'll be quite a bit better nice that's exciting yeah So, and then the other thing, um, the other button there is once you save those map, that map or those maps, um, if you tap offline maps and go offline, it will just pull those maps up. The other thing you can do and the the thing I would recommend is just putting your phone into airplane mode. So one of the the biggest questions we get too is uh, battery life. And if you're tracking yourself and constantly on the app, marking waypoints and doing a lot of different things, you know, it will drain your battery on your phone. Um, but if you don't have service anyways, you might as well put your phone into airplane mode and then it, your battery will be much, last much longer. So that's the biggest one for saving battery is turn your phone into airplane mode. And then also if it's cold, you know, just be conscious of that and keeping it warm. So I usually, if I'm hiking and it's cold out, I usually, uh, put my phone like inside my jacket pocket next to my chest, or if you're sleeping, bivying. Um, throw it like in your sleeping bag at night. Otherwise that cold will just drain your battery. Yeah. Yep. If I made that mistake. Yep. Same here. Um, but yeah, as long as you, you do those things and you plan it out ahead of time, know roughly where you're going, you can save, you know, you can save as many maps as your phone has, has room for. So, um, that's the only thing there is if your phone, you know, is out of storage, then you'll have to go in and delete a, a few other say maps or so on and so forth. But that's, that's about all you have to do in order to have the maps offline. Cool. Looks like my content is just, uh, all my waypoints, waypoints and tracks and areas. And yep. And so now you can, uh, you can sort your content. So if you, you know, and we'll, we'll dive into waypoints and, and tracks and stuff here in just a second, but once you get that data on your map, say I have all my waypoints that are yellow are for elk and all my waypoints that are blue are for deer. If you want to sort those, if you go to my content sort, you can uh, sort by all sorts of different things. So sort and filter there, you know, I could only show the blue waypoints or I could only show um, tracks that are that I have edited a certain certain ways. So that's kind of a new new feature that most people um, aren't sure about there. And then the other thing you can do under my content is just remove, not delete waypoints or or that information, but just remove them temporarily from the map. So this one I do, um, you know, at trade shows or if I'm showing somebody the app and I don't want them to see where all my waypoints are or, you know, my secret spot, then you can just go in here and uncheck waypoints and then all your waypoints will disappear from the app but still be saved oh yeah huh i hadn't messed around with that yet either yeah yeah so you can turn those off and on individually or as a cluster you know if i want all my waypoints off and really the only time i do i do that is if i want to unclutter my map or if i was if i was to give like an onyx presentation and use my app um obviously don't want to share all my, my waypoints with everybody, then it's just an easy way to go in there and just remove those temporarily. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, map tools. Also, man, I said offline was important, but map tools is right up there. (laughs) Yeah. Tracker's important too. I don't know. So map tools are right to the right of my content down at the bottom there. If you tap that guy, what you get is you get line distance, area shape, add waypoint, 
add photo, excuse me, I skipped over add photo. So add photo, add waypoint, and then mark my location. So this is where you'll come to mark waypoints, whether you're scouting um, or if you're in the field. And, you know, so if I'm in the field and I find a, a really good elk wallow, I'm going to want to add a waypoint there. Um, so I would tap this, I would tap add waypoint or mark my location, depending on if I'm standing right there or not. Um, but I go add waypoint, then you can zoom in and you can tap different areas on the map and that waypoint will move there. Um, you can change the name and the, the icon type. So I would name it, you know, Elk Wallow 2020 or something along the lines there, and then change the, uh, the waypoint to match, save it. And then the other thing you can do is once you have that waypoint saved, if you want to further edit it, all you have to do is tap on the waypoint and then the three bars in the bottom right hand corner and then tap view edit. Here you can add photos to that waypoint. So I could take a picture on my phone, add it to that waypoint of the wallow so I know what it looks like. You can add notes. So I could, you know, say elk activity in the evening with a date, um, what the wind's doing at that wallow, just different notes if you want to go in later and uh, and look at that information. And then you can change the color. So like I said, some folks will, will do a specific species, a color. Uh, to segment that way, or maybe by year. So all your 2020 waypoints will be a certain color. 2021 will be the next and so on and so forth. Oh, I like that idea. <laughs> That's what I need to do because I, I never spend enough time doing it and everything's a red X. <laughs> and except the other day, yeah. the, the, I put the trail camera uh, icon on everything, but I love that idea of this was this year, this was next year. And just, with areas with tons and tons of public land like Colorado and Montana, it's I, I have these images of places in my head, but I can't remember where that is. <laughs> or yeah. and, and and you can add that that picture feature too. That that helps with that for sure. But trying to remember where this one spot was that I was at that had this one draw, <laughs> you, it's just you can't you don't have enough mental storage to to remember that stuff. Yep. And I, you know, that's one thing too, is I urge people to, I'm guilty of this myself. Um, so I'm preaching to, you know, I need to take my own advice on this one. Um, but when you do make a waypoint, definitely spend a second and just put a note in there to remind yourself of what it is, because I'll do that, you know, especially if you're on an elk or something and moving quick, drop waypoints here, waypoints there, and then kind of forget to, uh, to go in and, add notes and change the colors and stuff. And then all of a sudden your map has 300 waypoints with, with no descriptions and you end up deleting a, quite a few of them because you don't remember exactly what was that, you know, what was the reason at that um, time for marking that waypoint. So I would say, you know, take the extra half a second, go in there, add a note, um, a photo if you can, and uh, it'll help you in the long run for sure. Yep. I'm looking at about six of them in my main area. I don't know why I dropped a pin there. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking and at that, a lot more than six on mine. If you, <laughs> if you so it's one of those things, you know, it can be difficult to do, um, but it's going to benefit you. And then to kind of piggyback off this is you can share these waypoints. So you can share waypoints, tracks, etc., with anybody that you choose. So say I have a, um, say we're meeting up for a hunt this coming weekend and I mark a waypoint in the app and name it camp. I can uh, grab that link. I can text it to you. I can email it to you. Basically, as long as you have the app as well, when you click on that link, that waypoint will then go right to that same location in your app and ask if you want to save it. And so the, the notes and, and uh, organization comes into play too, when you're sharing it, because if I share you, you know, a glassing, um, knob waypoint if i've also got a picture of what it looks like from up there that's just super helpful for you that way you know what to expect and you're not um, going up there blind so all the information that i have in that waypoint will then transfer to whoever i share it with yeah i've used that feature a lot that's been been really a, a cool feature there for sure and uh i just looked at one of these old waypoints and one is 
cell service. <laughs> just yeah. uh, there's one little spot that I was able to find a chunk of cell service, and otherwise, it was there's none. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Cool, perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, with sharing, we're we're constantly making improvements. One of the kind of recent improvements we made there is you now have the ability. So if I share you a bunch of waypoints and say you uh, took a bunch of people into my spot or we weren't going to be hunting together anymore, I can actually go in on my end and remove those waypoints from your account since I'm the owner of them. Um, so we, you know, we made some improvements with it there. So you can manage your, your data, your information a little bit better. Um, and then also you, you know, if I share a waypoint with you, you cannot share that same waypoint with other folks. And so just kind of, you know, obviously we all have our own spots and we, we protect those pretty well. And we just wanted to like build that into the sharing functionality. Uh, sounds like you have a few hunters that work in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you know, the struggle, which, which is funny, good timing. Cause I just got a listener request for hunting etiquette. So we'll add that in there. That's yeah, that's a big one for sure. I would say that's probably the biggest one that I know of personally. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that's yep. the spot I'm looking at right now is only one other guy knows about it. <laughs> We've been talking about it who and we need more than one. Like who's coming in? <laughs> yep. So yep. who uh who do you trust for this year? Who's never gonna never right. gonna mention it again? <laughs> And I'm not crazy about that. Usually I'm, I'm like, there's so much land out here, whatever. I'll, I'll share a few spots here and there, but when you find those really, really good ones, yeah. then I keep, then I kept my mouth shut. So. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you learn the hard way on that. And then, you know, you're just telling one person, but then if that person tells one person, then that person tells two people. And then all of a sudden two years down the road, it's uh it's an orange army in there. Yep. Exactly. But, so where were we at? We had in the tools there. Yeah. Uh, so I went over like the waypoints. That's the most common one, obviously. Um, line distance. I use that one a lot for, you know, looking at the map and saying, okay, if I make it to this peak and I'm glassing from here, how far away is that, that basin or how far away is that ridge I want to glass? So you can tap that, tap anywhere on the map and then anywhere again, and it'll give you a, a line readout. Um, the other thing that I've used that for is if I range, say I've got a deer and it, this buck is bedded close to like a private land boundary um, and I'm on public, I can range that deer with my rangefinder, say it's 700 yards. Well, then I can mark, um, use that line distance tool to mark where I currently am located on the app and then, you know, kind of guess and check so I can uh, mark the boundary and say if the, the private public boundary is 820 yards from me in the app, then clearly, you know, he's on public and I'm good to go. Um, so I've used it like that for uh, a few different times, actually. So that's came in handy. Yeah, that's a good tip. I yeah. use it sometimes on a a pack out of some sort looking at do i want to go up the steep thing or do i want to go on the trail and how many miles or whatever does that add to it so that's a yep that's a useful tool for sure yep and then the uh the area shape that one's a little bit more for you know folks that are planting a food plot or want to see the acreage it is helpful though so basically you know you can tap anywhere on the map create outline an area and it'll show you the acreage within that and like the, uh, the perimeter, um, distance and so on and so forth. And then Mark, uh, photo waypoint. And then the, the waypoints that we talked about. Hmm. Very neat. And then tracker. Yeah. So tracker, um, it's on the far right down on the bottom there. Basically tracker will leave a breadcrumb trail anywhere that you go um it does still work offline we get that question quite a bit but um you know if you're using it to you know map out a run or a hike or maybe like your favorite or the best route into a a tree stand or an area you just go down to tracker hit start you can throw your phone in your pocket basically wherever you walk 
um, the app is going to show where you've been. And then when you're done, you can save it. You can change the, the color of the track, the line type, add notes, um, the same thing as the waypoints there. So I've got a lot of those saved for just different ways into areas. I found a lot of, for every good hike into an area, especially over here in Western Montana that I've found, you know, I've also found like six horrible ways to get into an area. So, you know, I'll usually track out both of those. And then once I find a good area, um, or a good way into an area, then I'll save that one. That way, if I come out in the dark or anything like that, I've always got that uh, track on my phone and I can zoom in and say, okay, I need to follow that if I'm in the dark. Otherwise, I'm going to end up cliffed out or just in a bad situation. Yeah, I totally am on the same page there with you. I use that for the same thing. Otherwise, the oak brush here tears you up. <laughs> and there's yeah. no way if you're packing out a big elk or any elk you're always questioning how the heck they get through it and you're going through it with their antlers backwards <laughs> yeah no kidding and i mean it's just one of those things too where you know i we've all been there but you hike out of an area in the dark and it's just miserable oak brush and cliffed out and just super steep and nasty and then you do it a different time in the daylight and you're like if i was literally 30 feet above where I was, it would have been so much better or like a perfect game trail right above where you were. And it's just, it's crazy. So now I just, I'm really aware of that. And then I try and, you know, keep, keep looking at the app and keep on trails that I know that I've done in the past that weren't, you know, weren't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got the web-based interface pulled up. Is there anything on online at, at onyxmaps.com that is that is different than using your phone? Or is there anything there? Because I, I like to use both. Uh, but is there some things we can highlight there? You know, really the, the main difference, um, really the only difference is it's on the computer. So it, it's better for scouting. Obviously, you get to see a bigger screen. Um, you can mark waypoints on there and do everything that we just talked about right on the computer. So if you're at home scouting, um, that's definitely going to be your best option. That way you're not, you know, just staring at your phone. Um, but the the nice thing with the uh, web version, and it's the same membership. So if you've got a membership, you can look at it on the web, on your phone. Um, you know, it's not an additional membership by any means. Um, but if you go on the web and you mark a bunch of waypoints for your next trip, all of that information and data syncs seamlessly right to your phone. So I can go on and mark, you know, potential camp spot. I can mark glassing knobs. I can uh, track a route up a ridge of a way that I want to hike into an area. And then all that um, information goes right to my phone. So I pull up the app and it's right there. And same, same goes the other way. So I can be out in the field marking a bunch of wallows, you're marking a bunch of um, points of interest. And then I pull up the, the web version on my computer later on, and I can start to see like a better picture of, okay, what, what are those elk doing in this area? Or what's going on in this area based on everything that I collected in the field? Yeah, that's helpful. I, I for sure use that. Like when I got a big screen, I want to look at a whole area. I want to really sit down and do some serious scouting and, and get an understanding of that. Or I just go and need a, I need a map for work or I need something for not even hunting related. I'm doing that there and do a, what is it? Window shift S or whatever and, and copy and paste an area and put that into a, uh, a map. So like, oh, I used yeah. Onyx, I did a, uh, 3d shoot for work and I, walked it and had that that was our map or i just took that little chunk of onyx and that was our map for for the 3d course so that was yeah just another total different purpose but pretty useful yeah yeah definitely especially with like i said there the scouting and and whatever um once in a while though i will bring a laptop i'm gonna be like uh pickup camping or something, I'll still bring a laptop if I'm going to have any um, Wi-Fi or, or connectivity at all. And then at night, especially if I'm solo and want to scout out the next day or just look at things from a bigger um, bigger picture and, and 
mess around with the map to, to burn an hour before you go to bed or something, you know, you can pull it up from your computer there. But typically it's, you know, while you're at home, you should use the web map on a computer. And then if you're in the field, use the app. Yeah. Well, that's some really good tips there for Onyx Hunt. Not an hour and a half ago, I had a buddy asking me about the Onyx Off-Road. And I know we kind of touched a little bit on that in our previous episode, but I think that's worth just a little bit more info on maybe the difference and why uh, that might be worth checking out. Because here's here's our application and why he brought it up to me is that uh, we do a hunt in South Dakota and the National Forest of Black Hills. It's a pretty popular area to hunt. And there is forest service all roads all over the place. And so he thought, well, maybe that, that would be showing some more of those, those forest roads or some of those details for, for our hunt or just, uh, when he goes out there in the summer and goes cruising. So can you, can we dive just a little bit into that? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, um, you know, as we talked about in the first one, Onyx hunt is, is definitely like our core it's where we, we started, you know, we've been at it for a little over 10 years now on the hunt side of things. We recently uh, branched out into the off-road market as well. And essentially the app looks the same as hunt. It feels the same as hunt. It's got the same user interface, um, but the data is just slightly different. And what it does is um, if you pull up the off-road app, basically where your layers are, you'll see rides. And so if I have a dirt bike or if I want um, to see 50 inch trails, if I've got a quad or a dirt bike, if I want to see high clearance trails uh, for four by four, or if I want to see a full width road for like Jeep or just out there cruising around in the summer, you select that. And then based on what you selected, the roads and trails that are open around your area are going to highlight. So if they're shown as green, they're going to be open. If they're shown as red, um, there's going to be a trail there that's not currently open. So a lot of the times here in Montana, we've got some seasonality with, with the trails. Um, and so you'll want to pull it up to see if it's green, if you're good to go on that trail or if it's red, if it's, you know, currently closed, but really to answer your question, this, this data does exist in the motor vehicle use map, um, within the hunt layers. So if you're just hunting, you wouldn't necessarily need this. It just brings a little bit more attention and it highlights the trails that you selected. So it's more along the lines for if you're jeeping or side-by-side riding, or if you've got a dirt bike and plan on doing a through trail. The other addition with the off-road app is we're starting to add user-generated content into the layers. And so for the more popular trails, if you tap on a trail, more information about that trail will come up. So like a difficulty rating will come up and say, okay, it's a, you know, it's a four out of five difficult rating and you're going to need a, a high clearance four by four with good traction tires, et cetera. So it'll have a lot more information um, on the trails than say the hunt would. Yeah. I there's in Western Colorado, there is a whole lot of the, the start to the, the off-road vehicle recreation and just gets even greater as you go down towards Moab, Utah. That's such a popular, popular area. So I can foresee lots of folks wanting to use it for that because there's stuff that you're, you're like climbing straight up almost and you have to have one of them special rock crawlers and you get yourself into some trouble, I suppose, if you didn't know what you were getting into. So that would that'd be a helpful tool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what it's designed for is, you know, the guys that are, you know, not necessarily rock crawling. Um, I mean, definitely those guys included, but just the, the ones that are going out on the weekend that are trying to find some trails for side by sides and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, we're, it is relatively new. Um, we're constantly working on that product as well and adding more data to that one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been kind of a, a cool addition to the Onyx family. Well, awesome. Well, Dylan, I think that about wraps it up, gives us a good picture. And I learned 
handful of things that are brand new almost to me. So awesome. I, I, yeah. I know you, you know, uh, we, we did go through pretty much everything in the app, but I would, you know, as I said earlier, I would just urge pretty much everybody, if you've got the app and you're not super comfortable with it, just go in there and turn things on, turn things off, try every button, just see what they do. And then on top of that, if you go to our website, just onyxmaps.com, um, we've got a lot of FAQs and uh, we've got a great large customer service team that if you have any questions and want to call in and chat with them, um, you know, they're, they're around daily to help you out. Awesome. Well, good deal. Uh, again, want to thank you for all the info and, and uh, spend some time with us and sharing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, appreciate the opportunity. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, if anybody is super new and hasn't tried it yet, um, we do have a free seven day trial. So all you have to do is go to the app store, download it, create a free account, um, get a seven day trial. And then if you have any questions after that, definitely get a hold of us. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country.